Welcome back to another episode of Win Championship Repeat Boston Sports Podcast. And on this week's episode, we are going to be looking at the NFL trade deadline and what the Patriots didn't do um, and potential offers they had uh, on the table. Then we're going to be talking about two sports teams uh, in Boston that have been starting things off very nicely at the start of their season. And then we are going to be talking about some Red Sox uh, news uh, as well, so let's um, let's get started. Let's uh, let's go uh, from there. So uh, it was a very quiet trade deadline for the New England Patriots. They um, were uh, in rumors on several players, but ended up not doing a single thing. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, there were some moves that were made, and some teams got some much uh, needed help. Um, there were, uh, two guys, uh, Chase Young and, um, the Washington, uh, commanders got rid of, uh, Sweat, um, and, uh, so they got two guys, uh, traded away there, but the Patriots, uh, didn't really do anything, um, on their own accord because, um, a variety of things probably, uh, ended up, um, taking place, uh, but they decided to, um, you know, uh, hold away, uh, and, uh, not get themselves into any sort of, uh, deals that were potentially on the table. Um, and so that was, uh, that was, uh, important, uh, for them, uh, that they didn't, um, you know, make any moves right now. Uh, but there are a lot of, uh, Patriots fans who thought maybe that was uh, the better play, uh, because if we're not going to compete for a championship, then get what you can in terms of assets for, um, you know, your players. Uh, One of the rumors I did see is that there were extensive talks between the Patriots and the Jaguars involving uh, Josh Ucci, and the reports uh, led to the the compensation of draft picks was uh, a question mark, because... It sounded like the Patriots wanted a fourth-round pick, and what they were being offered was a fifth-round pick, and the packages were not, uh, I guess, uh, on equal playing ground, and nothing ended up happening. There were other teams, I was reading a few articles about this, there were, uh, as mentioned, uh, besides Jacksonville, other teams that had interest in Josh Ucci, but he is still with the Patriots. Um, You know, some thought maybe Michael Iwanu or Kyle Duggar could have been trade targets or Hunter Henry, uh, but none of those guys ended up getting moved, and so the Patriots are sticking with what they got, um, at least for the time being, uh, and it seems like the Patriots are going to roll into, uh, you know, their next week of play um, against Washington with uh, guns blazing. Um, Washington is actually plus three, uh, Patriots are minus three, I think they're at home, um, so, uh, I don't think they're going to win, but, um, betters say they are, um, so, you know, we'll have to kind of see, uh, how that turns out. Uh, there was some former Patriot news that came out, um, recently, which was, uh, involving the Raiders. So the Las Vegas Raiders made a handful of decisions, um, involving their team, so, Dave Ziegler, who was their general manager, got fired. Uh, Josh McDaniels, who was their head coach, got fired. And Jimmy Garoppolo, who was their starting quarterback, got benched uh, for the backup. 
So the Patriots uh, connection in uh, Vegas is being shut down in a lot of ways. Ziegler was with the Patriots at one point in um, different roles. Uh, Josh McDaniels was obviously most known as an offensive coordinator for the Patriots, but um, you know went on to uh, have head coaching stints with other teams and uh, now uh, had his chance, obviously, with the Raiders that did not work out. There was the messed up uh, Colts situation where he was uh, given the opportunity to coach uh, in uh, Indianapolis. He, I think, took the job and then said he was backing away and uh, a lot going on there. Um, and so Josh McDaniels is officially um, on the market. Now, there's a few things I want to say about Josh McDaniels uh, for a second. So Josh McDaniels has failed in pretty much every coaching stint he's had as a head coach. He is an amazing offensive coordinator and was an amazing offensive coordinator with the Patriots. Um, my questions to, to me are, number one, was he so great as an offensive coordinator because he had the greatest quarterback of all time? If you put him with Mac Jones uh, again, uh, will he be as good? He was a pretty decent offensive coordinator with Mac Jones in his first year. Uh, but will that translate if he ever was offensive coordinator again? Uh, and, uh, you know, I think uh, he is definitely, uh, in my opinion, a great offensive coordinator. And some people are just not meant to take that step forward. You know, there are a lot of great uh, coaches who are great offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, or special teams, but they can never crack it as a head coach. And, uh you know, I think he is one of those guys. I was reading some stuff on Josh McDaniels and everything, and uh, what was mentioned in, I forget which article or something, uh, Wade Phillips is a perfect example. He's a great coordinator, not a great uh, head coach, or was not uh, great in that role. And so some people are just destined to be, you know, the offensive coordinator of a team, and you have a pretty big role. You know, with the Patriots, Josh McDaniels basically had free reign of his offense because Belichick focused on defense, and, you know, McDaniels kind of had no uh, holds bar. He could do what he wanted. And um, to me, McDaniels would probably not work as a head coach anywhere else but New England. And so if Belichick ended up retiring and Josh McDaniels took over as the head coach, I could see that working because he's been here for so long and he fits the Patriots' system. But in all honesty, he probably would fail in almost every other uh, coaching, head coaching situation. Like with any other team, I don't think he would be at all nearly successful. With the Patriots, I could see it. And so I was one of the proponents um, back when he was with New England as their offensive coordinator that when Belichick retires, he's taking over. And I thought McDaniels would be an offensive coordinator until Belichick retired. He would take over Belichick's spot as the head coach. Um, and then he went to Vegas and that changed things. Now, that does not mean that he couldn't come back to the Patriots at some point. But there are a lot of people who might say, what's the point of that? Uh, Bill O'Brien's still here. And, uh, you know, he's a Belichick guy. And who knows if McDaniels was a Belichick guy or if he was a Kraft guy or if he was a Brady guy or whatever. There are, um, you know, a bunch of... Uh, People who uh, have said that Josh McDaniels had a great relationship with Tom Brady. And if Kraft wanted to clear house, get rid of Belichick and O'Brien and whatnot, he could bring in Josh McDaniels to be the head coach. Um, 
if that was something he would want. Um, but I personally think McDaniels is not the greatest head coach. I think he's a very, very situational like type of person, and he was pretty good. Mac Jones first year, they were you know a pretty good offensive coordinator quarterback tandem. Uh, if he did end up getting Belichick's spot, I think it could could work out. Um, you know, and maybe if Kraft sees that and is like, well, it worked the first year, let's try it again, you know, maybe it goes down that road. But I don't see McDaniels having any head coaching career outside of New England. Uh, and I wouldn't even say that's like a guarantee at all. Um, you know, he could and probably will at some point be an offensive coordinator again. And, um, you know, that's kind of... Um, Something and this is kind of um, similar to college uh, sports in the NFL uh, or college sports in basketball. Not always is a head coach in college going to translate to uh, the big leagues. You know, if you look at um, several cases, Rick Pitino was not a great with the Celtics, a great college coach. Calipari was with the Brooklyn Nets, not a great uh, um, coach there, but Kentucky has obviously been great. Um, so there's always coaches who just don't translate from one level to the next. And this is also, uh, you know, a situation there. Um, and there's another guy who I think has that sort of um, same, if I would say, uh, McDaniel sentiment, which is Eric Bieniemy, who is now with the Washington Commanders. Um, he ended up going there, uh, and a lot of people thought he could be someone who takes over as a head coach. Um he was great with the Kansas City Chiefs as their um, Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator, but it doesn't look like a lot of people are shelling out the big bucks for him to be their head coach. Uh, I don't expect uh, McDaniels to get another uh, head coaching job as well. Uh, so that was some big news uh, in the world of um, you know all things uh, all things um, with uh, McDaniels. Uh, so uh, we're gonna move on from there. Uh, and talk about uh, two teams that have been really lighting it up in their start to a season. So the first one is um, the Bruins, and then we have the Boston Celtics. Now, uh, for the Bruins uh, as a team, uh, they are in uh, the Atlantic Division, um, and they are only, uh, at this point, they have uh, nine wins. Um, and they're just killing it. Uh, they have uh, one loss and one overtime loss. Um, but, you know, a lot of people thought after the sort of offseason moves that they made, maybe they wouldn't be as hot uh, as an organization, but they are, uh, you know, really killing it. Um, and in the Atlantic Division, they're in first place, uh, and they have um, in the uh, all of... Um, sort of the Eastern Conference there, leading the pack, uh, which is very important. Now, it is still early in the season, uh, but they are um, they are looking pretty good. Uh, they lost to the Red Wings, but they beat the Maple Leafs, Panthers, and the Red Wings before that. Uh, they lost to the Ducks in overtime, and then they were winning them all straight. So um, they have 19 points, um, and that's, that's good. Now... Uh, another team that has been uh, killing it recently is the Boston Celtics, who um, a lot of uh, 
NBA fans have looked at their uh, their defense and said that it's been pretty good. And their uh, starting lineup has been pretty good. But their benches need some work. And if you look at some of their uh, last few games, they have been really uh, killing it for sure. Um, the Pacers was a game that they had recently where they blew the, the doors off. 155-104 was the game. It was a blowout among blowouts. Um, and the craziest part about that game, if you're looking at sort of the box score of it all, is that the Boston Celtics players had uh, a lot of points. Tatum had 30 points and 12 rebounds. Porzingis had 13 with 6 rebounds. 15 for Holiday, 18 for Derek White, 16 for Jalen Brown. Sam Hauser had 17, 15 for Pritchard off the bench. Uh, Delano Banton had 11 off the bench. The the Celtics in that game shot 56.8%. Uh, they shot 57.3% from three and 96.4% uh, from uh, the free throw line, which obviously that is uh, very important. Um, they uh, really have been getting it done, uh, you know, and that was the perfect example of that. Um, their team is uh, really uh, flowing well. The starting lineup looks good. Players look good. You know, their team has uh, been looking great. And uh, everybody can step up. You know, some games you'll have Drew Holiday step up. Some games Derek White steps up. Jane LeBron will step up. Porzingis. You know, Tatum's the only one who really is always on point, but everybody else is going to step up. So if you have a game uh, where, let's just say, Derek White only has 10 points, well, Drew Holiday could have 20 points, and it'd be like nothing. Or, you know, Porzingis could have 30 like he did in the, the opening one. And so the Celtics, with this starting unit, it's almost like an unstoppable uh, team. It's almost as if... There is uh, no stopping them. They're just that good. They're just that talented. And it's hard because you look at this organization last year, and they were a great organization, but this team just looks so much better. Um, and the Celtics made some subtractions, but they made some additions as well that were more important. I think Marcus Smart, and I'll say this, had to... He kind of had to go, um, and the Grizzlies are 0-6 to start things off, which a lot of that is stemming from no John Moran, who is um, out for the first 25 games of the season. But Marcus Smart, just his leadership, you need Tatum and you need Brown to, to have leadership, right? And I don't want to keep you know hammering this down, but championship rosters have leadership coming from their championship players, their top guys, their all-stars. You're not going to go around and look at the 2008 Boston Celtics and say Kendrick Perkins was your leader. You know, you're not going to go and look and say at that time Rondo was the leader because Rondo wasn't, you know, all-star Rondo by 2008. He got there 2010 and whatnot. Um, and so uh, the best players win championships as leaders. And, you know, whether it's Steph or Kobe or LeBron, um, you know, you got to get that from Tatum and Jalen Brown. You can't get that from Marcus Smart. And so I'm hoping Marcus Smart can turn things around with the the Memphis Grizzlies. But um, it's it's looking pretty good right now with Porzingis and with Drew Holiday. And they're stepping into their roles nicely. And it doesn't seem like anyone is 
from the outside looking in, it doesn't look like any conflicting um, anything. And if one guy is not the star of the show at this point, it's okay because someone else could step up the next night. And, uh, you know, it's it's how it should be. And obviously Tatum and Brown are the stars of the show, but the other guys step in and uh, will, you know, get you points and rebounds and assists when you need them. So that's obviously uh, a good thing to have. Uh, and the Celtics team is is one of those uh, good teams for it. And so they're still riding high, um, and they're still going strong, um, and we'll see what happens. So now I want to take a second and talk about the Red Sox um, and a few things that just um, took place. So they officially brought Craig Breslow in. He was introduced uh, to the team. He is someone who comes in, uh, and from what I heard, uh, everybody thought his press conference was great. He said what he needed to be said, but at the end of the day, you have to walk the walk. Uh, You can't talk the talk, and he needs to come out guns blazing. He needs to show everyone, okay, this is um, exactly what we need to do, and he needs to put his money where his mouth is, and I think Hopefully the organization, and by organization I mean the ownership, lets him take that step. Because to me, if you're going to go out there and you're not going to let him take that step, then what's the point? You know, And you need someone in there who has that experience as sort of a player, baseball guy, not just a um, you know, top general manager or whatnot. You know, Craig Breslow in his speech talked about how he's from went to Yale, uh, which he has that sort of Yale background, but he also played 13 years and won a championship in uh, the major league level. And he won a championship with the Red Sox. Uh, so uh, I think, uh, you know, he's someone who is going to have an important role. Here's what he said, quote, I understand that some of you will see me as another Ivy League nerd with a baseball front office job. It's true. I am that, but I'm also a 13-year big leaguer with a 2013 Boston Red Sox World Series championship, and I know what it takes to win here, and I'm willing to make the hard decisions necessary to deliver. My contribution to winning in this role will be different than it was back then, but one thing remains constant. My desire to win today is as strong as it was as a player. I can't wait to get started. Um, Quote, I know what it means to win in Boston. Red Sox fans deserve a standard of quality and consistency. Quality meaning a team that can win the AL East and contend for a World Series title. And consistency meaning we can do it year after year. Um, so, uh, yeah, I really hope this works out because Craig Breslow can bring so much to this team. Uh, we need pitching. We could use maybe um, another right-handed bat. Maybe our catching could use an upgrade. Um, we got a lot of holes. And uh, I think the Red Sox finally need to, um, you know, make that happen. And so I'm happy Breslow can come in here. He is uh, a New Englander. He's from Connecticut. Uh, So I like Breslow. I do think uh, he's going to work out. Now, there was two Red Sox players who ended up getting um, their options turned down or declined. Uh, Justin Turner uh, turns down his player option with uh, the Red Sox and Corey Kluber uh, his options declined as uh, the Red Sox declined his um, option 
So we have uh, two guys that are on the free agency market, which one of them in Justin Turner was uh, his choice, uh, and then uh, their choice uh, for the other. So I was reading this article from uh, BowSoxInjection.com. They were looking at Red Sox free agents and predicting where they would end up. So uh, they say uh, James Paxton, uh, one year, uh, $9 million. Uh, with the Minnesota Twins. Uh, they say uh, with Alberto Mondesi, uh, they say minor league deal somewhere at best. Corey Kluber, they say Cardinals one year, $4.5 million with incentives. And they say um, Justin Turner returns to the Red Sox two years, $23 million. And they say uh, Adam Duvall, $8 million with uh, a one year on the Angels. So, there's that. Um, the Red Sox will have a bunch of free agents uh, in the marketplace to go look at. A lot of pitching and a lot of other, um, you know, outfielders and infielders that they could try and look at. Obviously, Shohei Otani is the big name, uh, but there are others out there as well. And there's uh, a bunch of other uh, Japanese players that could be coming over to the MLB as well. Uh, so those are all, um, you know... Uh, going to be questions that the Red Sox will have to answer as an organization, but Breslow's going to take that role, and I think he's going to get, you know, his foot to the pedal to the metal and get the the ball rolling right away, and now that the season's over, Texas Rangers won a World Series, it's time to move on and time for, you know, the offseason to begin.